Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My job is driving me crazy. Ah, sorry. Do you hate your job or does your job hate you? Sorry. Sorry, I can't find the answer to the question I heard. My career crisis. No regrets. It takes a certain kind of person to say no regrets in that c'est la vie, cheerful kind of vibe that makes me want to punch them in the face. My career is peppered with regrets and I challenge anyone to make that statement and mean it. I regret not taking time out before going to university. That's a big one, having a break before diving back into to studying. I regret going to university in another country and not here in the UK. Uh, anyone who works in the media here knows it's all about who you went to uni with. And when I tell people I went to the University of Cape Town, they just give me a blank look. So I always felt like I was kind of on the outside of what was going on. You know, that was all a very long time ago. And of course, you get over it. But regrets, they are hard to let go. Welcome to My Career Crisis. Our guest today has some regrets. We're going to be discussing that and more. Um, she's also on the verge of having a baby, which is very exciting. So I'll be talking about that um, too. Hello, Sue. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm Hi. very well, thank you. No regrets? This is going to sound really smug. No, <laughs> I've made loads of mistakes. Absolutely loads of mistakes. I, you know, I could write the book. But regrets, what is the point you know, so maybe, yes, I have um, thought, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. But I think part of the regrets are there for, you know, mistakes are there for a reason. And you have to look at the mistake you've made, try and do something about it and move on. Um, now, that is part of my personality. I don't dwell on stuff for which I'm eternally thankful. But uh, those of you that do have regrets, I think you really need to challenge yourself about that, you know, because you make mistakes. We all screw up. We're human beings. It's what you do with that information then and that learning afterwards. So I can honestly say, well, no, if I if I did a granular analysis of what I've done in my life, yeah, I'm sure I'd be as embarrassed as the next person. But what is the point about going on about it? You've got to look forward, not so much back. I think when you, it, regrets work differently for different people, don't they? I'm a glass half full kind of person. So yes, I have regrets, but I tend to look on the bright side and go, well, you know, in the long run, it was fine and everything worked out in the end. But if you were a glass half empty kind of person, if you were a bit more of a pessimist, they could probably really grind you down. Absolutely. And and the other destructive thought pattern is what if. Sure. So if I'd done that, you know, if I, when you hear disasters and emergencies, people say, you know, if if I hadn't taken that train in the morning, I wouldn't have been there. 
Yeah, but then something else might have happened to you. You know, that logic is quite flawed. You can't say what didn't happen. You can only speculate. And a bit of speculation is quite interesting. But if it's starting to affect your thought patterns and the way that you work, I think you've really got to challenge yourself about that. Um, I am going to bring in our guest now, Louise, who's shifting on her little stool here in uh, our studio because she's beautifully and massively pregnant now. Um, hello, Louise. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I promise not to give birth during this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That would be great. It'd be very thoughtful of you. Um, so welcome to the podcast. And uh, it's great to have you on My Career Crisis. I've worked with you in the past. Um, yes, indeed. When you were a TV presenter at London Live. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you've done many things. Uh, you're a writer, you are a TV personality, and you've worked in PR and communications, is that right? Yeah, although I think it would be a stretch now to describe me as a TV personality, but certainly I have done a, an amount of TV work. Yes, um, um, and you're about to have a baby at 40. 41. 41! Yeah. <laughs> high five, high five. Um, so it's an interesting time to be having a career crisis, isn't it? Because you're also about to have a baby. So it's yeah. like your whole life must feel like it's about to literally explode. <laughs> yes, in various different ways. And I also feel that, well, I'll have this baby and then my life will be like a tumble dryer for the next few years. But at the same time, I'm educated and I'm professional and I want to work, so I'm going to work, but I want to carry on bouncing around in the way that I feel that I have been doing for the past few years. No. Would I like more structure? Yes. Would I like more money? Yes. yes. Would I like to... St- I mean, we'll come on to what I wrote to you, won't we? But Yeah, I'm like going to do stop- that now. Should I, I like to now? stop yeah. feeling awful about things? Yeah, definitely. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, well, that's where Sue comes in. Yay! All right, let's read your email that you sent, uh, you sent in to us. I love writing, but I also love earning money. The two don't usually seem to match up. I'd love to blog and write books, but what about cash? I love the security of earning money. I've had too many periods where I haven't earned money to know that it's generally a terrible situation in which to be. I want to earn enough money to fund our baby's education. I also want to be around to do the school pickups and raise my kid. My career history is super varied, PR to TV presenting to stand-up comedy to communications. When I work in proper jobs, I tend to end up in under-resourced, badly managed environments. I've had enough of that for sure. I also have an unhelpful running script in my head about ruining my education, making the wrong career choices, which has led me to underachieving. And I need to find a way to reconcile that and fix myself going forward. That's where I want to start. Sue, what do you make of that last paragraph? By whose standards are you underachieving? What does that mean? Tell me a bit more about it. Okay, so I would say that definitely by my standards and the standards that when I reflect that those that I was kind of raised to fulfil... And I know that I was capable of fulfilling, but then decided to just go nuts and have a try and have a media career instead. What so were the standards? Sorry, just quickly, can you give us a bit of the family? Oh, I background? think I could have gone and had a pro- really professional, like, as in work for a profession, go and work for in a in a law firm or something like that, um, and had a really kind of like stable, well resourced career where I'd kind of earn money and have status and that sounds really bad about the status thing but I'd feel much better about myself and to know that some of my peers have achieved that it's lovely for them but very disappointing for me because I think oh I sold myself short so are you talking about and you don't feel you've achieved as academically as you could have done that's certainly true right well academic success but also professionally academic success professional success are measures Mm -hmm. but I think um, a lot of people listening to your CV your resume 
would say, blimey, I wish I could have done that. A lot of this is about the narrative that you put around what you do. I mean, what I see when I hear your, the breakdown of what you've done is someone who's really had an eye for the main chance, who hasn't settled for, you know, you, you call it a professional job. And some people really thrive in those circumstances. Given what you've done successfully in the past, I'm just wondering if then, you know, let's say the legal profession. Yeah. Where so you have office hours and more where you would be expected, they really want their pound of flesh. You have to behave in a certain way. You have to dress in a certain way. I'm just wondering if that really would have made you happy because I'm not getting that. You can tell me I'm wrong. I think had I found the right firm, then it would have been okay. I think maybe somewhere super corporate might not have suited me. But then I don't know. I don't know. If I'd have always gone into that path and hadn't thought about anything else and I hadn't thought, oh, maybe TV presenting would be a fun thing to do, then I wouldn't have had any expectations of work being anything other than put on a suit and work till 10. I have no idea. That's a problem with what ifs, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. And actually, I'm sitting here thinking... Are these thoughts you've had, you've been harbouring for a long time or is it something that's been building throughout your pregnancy? Because pregnancy is a funny old time and it makes you reflect on your life and it makes you think about your future. And I'm wondering if this is a recent thing that you're kind of starting to get hung up on on this issue. It has certainly intensified during pregnancy to the point where I have woken up every morning with a regret about something in my head. Mm. And I am sure that hormones have been playing a part in that. Having said that, I think in almost every job I've had, not the TV job, interestingly, there has been a point where I've sat at my desk and thought, why am I doing this when I could be earning four times as much money had I not undersold myself? And that's exactly how I feel. Well, you might have. There's no guarantee that that would have happened, mm -hmm. but that's a, might, that's a might have. And it's interesting what you were saying as well about the expectations that were placed on you by your family, you know, um, that you have to be good academically that you have to get on that's one measure of somebody's success I think as long as I've got happy kids that's now my priority well my small grandchildren now and that's my priority for them as well as long as they're happy the rest of the stuff really doesn't matter so much but I think what you're going through at the moment is it's no surprise well, I think we've been there, Ruth. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And what and Sue said something on one of the first episodes of this, which is that, you know, when you have a baby and you have a small child, you kind of, you obsess about them. Are you doing the right, wrong thing? There's lots of tears, there's lots of emotion. But actually, when do they really start needing you, Sue? When do you really need to be around for your kids, in your opinion? 13, 14. 14. That, you, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> Having worked with and being friends with people who have kids of all ages, it seems to be at 13, 14 when kids go a bit nuts, that's when you need to be available. Lou, can you tell us about some stories where, or some examples of, of where you've worked where it just hasn't worked in terms of management? <laughs> How long is this podcast? Mm. <laughs> give us give us an idea of that because there's a we, we hear that a lot and I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. And it's also a guiding point, I think, for where you want to be on the other side of this baby, the kind of people you don't want to work for. Mm. Okay. So I would say that one theme that has run through where I've worked is being under-resourced. And I think that that places certain pressures on teams and managers and sends them a bit loopy. Mm -hmm. I also tend to work in places where managers just can't manage. They mm -hmm. just... Or, interestingly, I get lucky, or I'm doing something amazing that I'm not aware of, where I manage to get on the right side of the manager... Mm -hmm. But everyone else is struggling. But we're all still being worked nine to the dozen. I always end up in jobs where 
I, I'm doing about three times as much work as I think the role should require. Just a lack of kind of people skills amongst senior team members and also a lot of organisational nonsense that makes it difficult to get on with the day-to-day. Mm. Being made to hire people who aren't suitable for the job and having to deal with that and then that becomes my problem. Having layers of senior people weighed in on pieces of work you're doing when they should just trust you to do it because you're the professional. Those are just a few examples. I would be the first one to say, indeed, I am my living by saying that people should be able to manage better and I try and help them to do that. But I think also it's worth looking at yourself um, because how you... I'm firmly of the opinion that you actually can't change other people. You can only change your reaction to other people. Mm -hmm. So you go into a situation, it's been there like that for quite a long time. They're not going to change it for you. They're probably, these layers of management are probably quite happy with their layers of management. So then you have to say, what is it that I need to do? And and did you complain about any of this? It's so embedded in wherever I've worked that the complaining is against people who aren't ever going to be able to change it. So it's not about making... Because complaining can also sound like whinging. Yeah. Right? And often it's because people bottle stuff up for quite a long time and then when it comes out, it just sounds like moaning. Yeah. And, and then they can dismiss you. Okay? So... For me, it's always been about, right, what do I need to do? Being quite upfront about it. So so you've asked me to do this, okay, but you've also asked me to do these other four things. Now, realistically, obviously, I will achieve all of them, but realistically, probably not at the time frame that you've given me. So what are your priorities? Half the time, people have given you work and they've forgotten how much they've given you. And particularly if you're a very conscientious person and you you take the work and you don't say it's too much or whatever because nobody wants to be a job's worth, and um, then you sort of keel over. Man, I think the whole thing about managing up is about managing people's expectations. So let's supposing your manager's given you four pieces of work and the deadline is Friday, this is Monday, and he comes in that, that morning and gives or, or she gives you two pieces extra work and says, oh, can I have it by Friday? Um, what I would say immediately is um, happy to help because I never say no when I'm yeah, managing yeah. up. Happy to help. Of course, I'll get all this done. But can we talk about the timescale? Because realistically, I'll probably be able to do four. I'm going to try for six. What are your top priorities? And what you're actually doing is looking incredibly efficient and on it. Yeah. But you're reminding the manager of how much work they've given you. Now, if the manager had the temerity to say to me, just get the six done, I'd go, right, and I'd be looking for another job. Yeah. I absolutely would, because if you my my thing is always always be reasonable, but that works both ways. And I do think there's an element that we don't want to complain or moan about it. We whinge to each other, but we don't actually talk to managers. We don't actively manage up. And I, I think that's a huge part of working successfully. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is all bundled up with other kind of concerns I've had as well. Does it make sense to you that whenever I hear someone talking about their job, their job always seems better than what I've done? And, you know, if I hear about people who are working for particularly ritzy companies and they get treated in a certain way and the offices are lovely and they have flexible working, the parents can go home at 3.30 to pick up their kids and they get free coffees. And then you think about where I've worked, the opposite. And I would like to go and work somewhere lovely. (laughs) (laughs) But that might be... So to work somewhere lovely, it might be that you actually have to do a job that's not very fulfilling. 
The Why reason, do you say that? Well, I'm not saying it's um, 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 a done deal. But often one of the reasons why people are so lovely is because they find it difficult to maintain people in those jobs because they're not very interesting. So that might be one reason. There are a few blessed companies that I've come across who really think about their staff because, you know, it's I, I don't understand why managers don't think this. If you've got happy people working for you, yep. you get more out of them. Yeah, yeah. Duh, you know. Yeah. But um, also what you've got to remember, when somebody's telling you about their fabulous job, there's probably quite a lot of spin there. Yeah. You know, who's going to say, I, I really have a crap job and I'm very unhappy? <laughs> They're not going to say it, you know. Or they tell you about the perks, not the actual job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and especially with somebody like you, because I know you're finding this hard to believe, but externally, you know, you're someone who works in the media. Everybody, God helps us, wants to work in the media. When you work in it, you know it's very just hard work. It's not very glamorous. But th there might be a bit of them trying to keep their end up when they're talking to you. Mm. You know, I'm not saying they're lying, but... Whenever anybody says something to me, what I've got to understand is it's their version of the truth. What does the truth mean? It's their version of it, and they're going to be putting a good spin on it. Mm. But there are some companies out there, I have worked for them, that are really um, considerate about their workers because they've got intelligent managers who know that if they've got happy people working for them. Yeah. Last week I was working in a company that offers flexible working, in, um, and it was a media company, and there's not a huge amount of flexible working in media companies. And the owner is a woman, and... What she said to me is that I've worked with these uh, women, usually she gives flexible working to, who are have always been very good and I want to keep them in the company. But it's really inconvenient for me to do the flexible working. But I just think it's a price I'm, I'm willing to pay. Which I And that's what you're up against, basically. They don't like inconvenience. They're short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's so encouraging about what you're saying, you're doing all the right things because I think it's better to think about abstract objectives. So not... I want to be doing my boss's job in two years' time, but I want to be happy. Now, I know that sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but I want to be happy and I want to be in control. Yeah, and right. that, I want to be in control. Right, yeah. So that way you don't wait for your agent and you're already doing that. You're saying, no, I, you know, it's too passive. So I'm going to do... So in the... I mean, you don't have to tell us about the, the job that you're doing at the moment, but it's you said it's not a, um, a media job. But what was it that made you go into that because you needed to earn money? Yes, and also I was interested in the uh, organisation itself. It connected with work that I had done before. There were a few reasons why it was of interest to me without going into specifics. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it, but it's it's I just don't think it's going to work with a kid. So the first step is not to go back to this job if you can. Is that the idea? Okay. Yeah. Why not try and see? If it doesn't work, you can leave. Because there's enough other things going on with this job <laughs> that make it extremely difficult okay. and I think it's already going to be quite difficult with a child yeah so right. let's go and have a fresh start somewhere else okay but all I'd say is if you don't ask you don't get why don't you look at the job and think how could it work for me I'm not saying this will work but um and then go and say look um and, and actually I wouldn't make any decisions at all until you've had the baby mm, yes. because you might feel quite differently afterwards it's not forever you know it might be for a year just to get you back into working. Because every woman I know that's had a baby and has gone back to work, there's been a really wobbly period at the beginning where they thought, I don't know if I can do this. I started a business and then discovered I was pregnant after giving up a very good maternity package in my previous employment, but I didn't know I was pregnant. And now I think, thank God, because I would have stayed and it would have been wrong. But the other thing was my husband's business wasn't doing very well, so I had to earn money. And I didn't care how I earned money for that mm. period because we were desperate. And that teaches you a lot, that you know, because yeah. I'm not going to do it forever. 
I did jobs which I'm not particularly proud of. Oh, God, that sounds really sordid. Wow, Sue. No, no. <laughs> Tell us more. more. <laughs> That'll be in the micro no, no. late night extra. <laughs> no, nothing be. like that. But... Um, <laughs> But I did things that, you know, if I'd had a choice, I wouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, because they were boring or they were very pedestrian, but they, they brought the money in. Mm. And w- when you're not being able to pay your mortgage, that actually is a very focusing thought. Yeah. You know, so and, and I just thought, well, you know, there's enough time for fulfillment. You can't do everything. I, I had someone work for me once and I was doing an, an, an appraisal with her. And we were always taught, you know, you have to say, what development do you want this year? You know, what courses can I send you in? And she'd had a baby and she'd come back and she said, um, do you mind if I don't have any development at all this year? I don't want any development. In fact, you know what my objective is from this appraisal? I want to go home every night at the right time. And I said, right, that's it. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Fantastic. And But it, that wasn't forever. It was for the next year. And then the year after that, we sat down and I said, do you want to do a bit more this year? And she said, actually, no, not yet. And after two years, she said, yes, I'm fine okay. now. I'm in a good position. So I think that's the trick, not to think that if you decide something, it's written in stone and that's it going to be for the rest of your life. Your life changes all the time. I mean, I bet if you, your 25-year-old self wouldn't say, I'll be having a baby at 41. No, my 25-year-old self would be wondering what on earth was going on right now. <laughs> exactly. You're a completely different person now. Completely different. And you will be. Afterwards. after another 10 yeah. years yeah. Yeah. and and you know um, someone's got a lot of years on you 41 is really not old I know sometimes it feels it but you're really really not old well that's why I'm so conscious to get my career right now because it's still a good time to do that there it's are... a great time to do it and actually I think a baby like I said before crystallises crystallizes things. Yeah. things you will be thinking to yourself if I have to give this child to somebody else to look after what is it I'm doing with that day exactly. and I understand the feeling of not wanting to go back to the job but that's why I don't want to go back because, because it's, it's been awful. such yeah. a it would be going back to more of the same mm. organisational nonsense there are a couple of logistics which would make it very hard to do with childcare mm. involved with this job as well mm. it would just feel like almost regressing taking a step back when I've already identified look I'm at a crossroads here and I could move forward in a different way or I could just go back to same with the old blah which would just be really difficult and I'll be really unhappy there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
happy with it. My career crisis. I think the next question then is financially, without telling us too much, mm. how, how are you positioned in order to give yourself some you time after this baby within a year? It doesn't have to be immediately, but it needs to be a bit of time that you can focus on being Louise again. Yeah, so I reckon I've got about a year and a half to two years where I can experiment with freelance and get back into exercising and get myself fit that and healthy again. That sounds pretty good. Which is very important to me. Yeah. And then after that two years, I'll need to know... What's going on? What's going on? Am yeah. I going back into an office job? Or is this freelancing actually going to bring in enough money to make this work? And the it? freelancing is writing that you mentioned in your, yeah, in yeah, your email. Yeah, that would be the main headline. I mean, writing and communications. Yeah. That is such a fantastic position to be I in. I think that sounds great. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be yeah. women listening to this thinking, if only I could do that. I know I'm very lucky, so I, I will say that explicitly. No, no it, but, but obviously you've got to make the best use of that time. Of course. And I mean, you know, have you also thought um, there's the writing and you can fit that around the baby, but have you also thought, if you were so sad about missing out academically, have you ever thought mm. about more education? I have, but I think that's where my financial freedom ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, £9,000 for tuition fees three years, because I'd love to do another degree, but it's not going to happen. Um you know, it's p paying for more studies, not an option. It, I mean, I will have to bring some stuff in. And also, I'd want to study and do some writing and look after the baby and get my figure back and do this and do that. It's too much. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, that's that's very realistic. But just uh, maybe for other people listening, when you were saying, if I go back, it might be going backwards. It, you've got to make the right decision for you and yeah. what feels right for you. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, I think we've said previously on the podcast that if you've got the luxury of being able to go back to a job and they are flexible with you, use it for a period of time yeah. you know, while you reassess because it might not be that bad. I think the other thing that happens, I've, no I've noticed this with a lot of women who've gone back after having babies, is that um, suddenly your priorities are completely different and you put up with far less shit. That's true. You know, so I've got to be out of here by six o'clock to pick up a child. So I'll work steadily. I'll do it. But you ask me to. No, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. And and it, it really there's a lot of research to show that people who've got those responsibilities and, and have to be out of a business by a certain time are actually much more productive because they haven't got time to hang about in the kitchen and talk. You know, so I've, my experience has been that once you've had a child, if you are w working in a sort of office job, you're just much more focused on doing your job and then getting home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to the idea of one day having to go back to an office. Not at all. And I actually think there's something to be said for going to have some adult time. Yeah, to keep you to said. <laughs> so that's fine. It just needs to be the right environment if freelancing works out that would be amazing because as i said in my email i can do the school pickups mm. what kind of communications would be a would be a good step forward a positive step forward for you what do you mean as in in terms of freelance work the kind of sector that you might want to work in or that kind of I'll probably stick with the sectors that i know and then branch out from there and would that be a happy thing would that be a nice idea for for six to nine months time to start reaching out to those kind of places for yeah work. i think so i mean the worst that anyone can say is no and then i'll have to see what kind of rates i'm being offered yeah. for what how much time i mean that's the other thing with freelancing as well and i have noticed because i've kept my hands in over the years even when i've been working in other jobs the rates don't seem to have increased that much. <laughs> and so then you think, well, actually, the amount of work I'm doing is inversely proportional to the money that I'm bringing in. So, again, am I prepared to put up with that nonsense as well? Possibly not. I'll have to see how it goes. Mm. Or, you, you know, you take things which are not going to take you a long time to do. Yeah. 
you know, if you're, if you're writing something that's going to take an awful lot of research and interviewing, you've really got to weigh up, you know, is the money they're paying me fair compensation? Mm. Yeah. And if it isn't, the choice is you don't take those things. And it might be that you're more at the light, frothy end for a while. Yeah. Fine, as long as you get a name and you get your hand in and you get more known and practised. Yeah. How bad is that? Yeah. It's about, you know, th- th- there's this whole myth about, women having it all nobody has it all mm-hmm. you know or maybe you can have it all but not at the same time i don't think you can have it all i think we've been sold a myth with that one yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, <laughs> yes. you can have it all if you're prepared to end up in some kind of asylum and i'm not also the, the society we live in doesn't support women to let them have it all you know no. we don't get any free childcare till our kids are three you know it, that's very difficult if we were in denmark we wouldn't be having this conversation exactly mm. but we're not It'd be very different It'd be a very different conversation but what i like about you louise is you're a total doer we've had you know we we've we've had to G up quite a few people on the podcast in the past to kind of convince them that they're good enough to start writing if they want to write. You're already all over that. Oh, so thank you're you. already <laughs> writing. You've written a really entertaining blog about being a mummy at 41. Yeah. And the kind of the, the was it week? No, it was month by month. My monthly pregnancy blog. Monthly where pregnancy I've No blog. details. <laughs> and it's been really, it's been a tough journey. So it's yeah. been it's been a, a, a really, really insightful read. Um so there are these things that you're already doing. You know, we'd we'd often at this point be going, why don't you start? writing but you're doing it already so I feel like you there's nothing's going to stop you from carrying that on yeah, right it's I monetizing mean, it it's monetizing it exactly so that's the struggle but I, I then wonder if over the next kind of like you said 18 months to two years where you have maybe got that little bit of time you could think about who it is you want to write for is there something independent that you want to write maybe think about interning somewhere I mean that's not the worst thing if you can afford it just to go, you know what it's like with these kind of publications to just go and be seen and be around and be pitching ideas. Does that sound good? I think I wouldn't do interning because I think I'm beyond that in terms of the of amount course, of yeah. work that I've done. But, you know, I'm happy to write feature pitches and yeah. think of ideas yeah. and try and chase them and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll also try my hands at blogging, I think. Yeah. Because apart from anything else, that would keep my brain ticking over yeah. in the early months. But I can't overstate, understate, I can't even think of the word pregnancy fog. <laughs> Basically, money's really important to me. And you don't realise that when you're choosing your stupid acting career at 18. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I can live on £4.50 a week. It's okay. It's not okay. And so uh, now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I can decide what I'm going to do. In this. I've got to earn actual money, actual profit. It's really important to me. Mm. You've so, got you've got someone to look after, you know. You've yeah. got to, but your priorities change as you get older. We've spoken previously about, you know, younger women who say, "You oh, know, I'm not doing a fulfilling job." And you think, well, you know, fulfilling, but then other things in life. I mean, of course, we all want to do fulfilling stuff, but it's also got to be weighed with things like, "Am I being paid fairly for what exactly. I'm doing? Exactly. Am I going to live a decent life?" Exactly. Am I going to be able to support my child in the way that I want to? Am I going to be able to have some money left over for me? I like nice stuff. I want to continue buying it. I don't mind saying that. Mm. And that's what we come up against all the time on this podcast, creativity versus money. And it's that... Such a bind being creative. Wanting to be an artist (laughs) and wanting to also live a good life and provide for your family. Yeah, which is why I kind of moved away from acting after about two, three years in the business, even though I did get a little bit of acting work, you know, I did TV stuff. Um, It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth sitting around waiting for someone to call. And then when I got back into presenting, it was amazing when you get the jobs. But then it's not worth 
Yeah. It's not worth saying, oh, I'm a creative person. I don't care about that anymore. I Again, the control thing. If you're a control yeah. person, a control freak, you cannot sit back and let other people hand out yeah. the work. You yeah. have to be chasing it yourself and yeah. making it happen. Because also that's so much about what's fashionable, whose face fits. Yeah. And if your face doesn't, it, there might there might be nothing wrong with your face. Mm. It just might be the wrong face at the wrong time. Yeah, and I got down to the last two for jobs where... I didn't get it because I looked too young or I was too small or the other one was blonder. And just like, what do you want me to do? I was born this way. <laughs> Which is another advantage of going into a professional career where you're using your intellect because mm. you can't disagree with someone's ability to do a job. You can take an exception to their hair colour if it's an acting job and decide not to hire them on that. But, you know. Although I've had plenty of examples where even in professional environments, people are told what they have to look like. I think there's also, in lots of places, a different standard for women than mm, there is for yeah, men. Yeah, I think that's true, 100%. You know, the behaviour that is expected of women is different from men, you know. So I, I think there's a case sometimes of thinking the grass is always greener. Definitely. I, I think that stuff's there all the time. I mean, have you thought about, especially with your present presenting credentials, have you thought about vlogging? I haven't thought about that so much as writing. You're more interested in writing than... I find writing... Easier, yeah. yeah, yeah. But what would you know? You're really articulate and a good talker. Thank you. I'm just thinking if you had, um, it, you know, a vlog about what it's like to have a new baby, you know, because using your own personal experience, yeah, maybe the 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 efforts you're making to get back into work, all those sorts of things. I mean, you could do that alongside the writing. I think it's a really good idea, actually. I think it's a really good idea. And I do like yapping at people, so... I think you'd be great to scratch it. that itch. And you've, you've got yeah. experience in front of a bit of a camera, so yeah. you know what works in front of a camera. It, but most people don't expect, to, expect it to be uber-professional. They just expect mm. interesting stuff. And yeah. honesty, and if you're prepared to be warts and all, I think that would be really entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just someone in front of their laptop, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's it. And totally. it, just, it needs to be regular. That's the one thing about it is yeah. it needs to be regular. So yeah, if you're yeah, going to yeah. do it, you need to do it every you week need to commit. on a Monday morning, yeah. even if that means you look terrible, you haven't had a shower. And in fact, it's that kind of reality that people want to see. I find the, a problem with a lot of vloggers and especially a lot of mummy vloggers because I was, you know, you do Google a lot in those early months because yeah. you're just like, what is everyone else doing? And there's a lot of these vloggers who look perfect mm. and they're kind of telling you in a quite sort of like, I've done it and I've succeeded at it sort of way, which is not what you want. Yeah, you, you really want, want that warts and all, yeah. like I'm freaking out kind of honesty that's what's going to fly because there are quite a lot of them out there but I think if you can do something that's got a uniqueness to it like that then that's going to really resonate with people and there's a lot of support for those you know there's the mums net bloggers network yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. a lot of those places where you could be featured you know the Jewish Chronicle could maybe yeah. do something in terms of keeping your because that's where you did your pregnancy my pregnancy is on the Jewish news. But so I have Jewish written news. for the Jewish Chronicle yes. as well. I'm yeah. all over the Jewish media. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. So, you know, I wonder if there's a kind of platform there that that, that could support it. So I, I wonder if there's something there that you could do that would also just be good for your head. Yeah. 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 Right? But also, yeah. if you look at what uh, what is out there, like Ruth's saying, she's looked at it and it's it come up wanting. So it might be worth, as a bit of research, looking at what's out there and thinking, mm. I could do better than this. Yeah. You know, I've yep, got a different so. voice. I've got a different thing to say. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you'd be great at it. I think if nothing else, it would just it would keep me a bit sane and entertained over sure. the next few months. Yeah. 
I think so. Just get that little webcam set up or whatever it is you need these days. I don't even know what you need. You probably just do it on a decent Mac. I think camera. You just do it on your Mac. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Record, go. But it needs to be like panda eyes at dawn. Yeah. Not kind of perfect, sort of. And then I did this. And then I applied my Yves Saint Laurent lipstick. Right. And exactly. It needs to be cracked nipples. Yeah. You know, you need and to know about <laughs> someone bleeding out of orifices right. you didn't know could bleed. Yes. That would be great. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I have a sister who's eight weeks into a new baby and she would love that because there's all kinds of nastiness going on in her life at the moment in terms of physically trying to repair herself after having had a baby the baby's fine she's not yeah. so let's just leave it at that um, but she would love that she would be hoovering that up because there's far too much perfect mummy stuff out there mm. yeah thanks so much for coming on the podcast Louise. thank you for having me good um, luck this thank is, you this has been uh, this is episode nine of series one and if you're only joining us now uh, listening to Louise's crisis there are eight more episodes for you to dig back into in our back catalogue so please go and search us out My Career Crisis um, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes if you fancy it as well next that episode really uh, Sue and I are going to be digging into the post bag so it's going to be us rifling through some of the emails we've had from people in despair so um, do join us for that next week thanks for listening My Career Crisis, My career crisis. 